If you could describe yourself in one word, and only one word, what would it be? It's a harder question to answer than you might think because you're a rather complex individual. There's a lot that goes into making you you, right? And to reduce that all to one word is, is rather difficult. Now, I want you to imagine that you are trying to do that for an infinite God, to reduce him down to one word. What word would you pick? Now, God made it a little bit easier for us in that he kind of has condensed his character down to a couple of verses, right? If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know we've been looking at uh, God's self-description or how God describes himself in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. This is what he says. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. These are, are all words describing God. But there is, there is one word in all of this that, that uh, controls the rest. They're all dependent on it. And that's this, this word, steadfast love. Uh, this is the one word that describes who God is. And it's this one word that is the key for getting us through hardships. Exodus 34, 6 through 7. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure that there is... Uh, someone who is chuckling to themselves because I keep saying one word and steadfast love is clearly two. And in English, that's, that's right. It's always translated steadfast love or loving kindness. Uh, but in Hebrew, it's one really fun word to say. It's the word chesed. So you got like in your throat, right? So chesed, right? And, and this word chesed is incredibly difficult to translate. But it's also incredibly important. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to dissect this word. We need to understand what it means if it's the word that describes God. And then we're going to look at how we should respond because of this and how we can respond to it. So God has said, and I want you to think of it as, having, as bringing three components together. And the first element is love. There we go. Uh, it, it's love. And love is really a complicated word, isn't it? Because everyone has a different definition of what love is. On one end of the spectrum, we have love as being uh, purely emotional. It, it's all feelings, which is why um, someone can fall in and out of love in the same week, right? It's, it's all about how I'm feeling today. But then on the other end of the spectrum, we have those who say love is all action. It's purely action, which is normally the, uh, the Christian uh, redefinition of love to combat the way the secular world talks about it. Uh, it would say something like, um, love is a verb. It's acting the way that you ought regardless of how you feel. But that, that doesn't quite cut it either, does it? Uh, so my wife's birthday is in a few days, and I got her some presents that I, I think I did good this year. But I want you to imagine that, that when I give her her presents, this is what I say to her. Uh, here you go. This is what I was supposed to do for you. I'm obligated to act this way. Do you think that sh that's love? No. 
We do not want robots to know how to act. We want someone to value and delight in us and act according to that value, right? That's the type of love we're talking about here. The love that's connected to chesed is the perfect mix of feeling and action, okay? So that's element number one. Element number two is loyalty, okay? Now, when you think of loyalty, perhaps you think of the Cleveland Browns, but uh, I, I just think of a dog, right? Dogs are the most loyal animal that I have ever come in contact with. And uh, I, I was uh, reading one of those heartwarming stories a couple weeks ago about a dog named Capitan. So Capitan's owner passed away in 2006, and of course he gets relocated to a new, uh, a new home, instantly runs away. And so they're looking for him for about a week or so, and they find him next to the tombstone of his previous owner. And every night for the next six years, Capitan would run away and sleep by his owner's gravesite. That's loyalty. It's where thick or thin, you are by that individual's side. That's part of chesed, okay? Final element, generosity. And when we think of generosity, we normally just think they give some money to meet a need, right? You see someone alongside the road, you, you hand them a dollar, I was generous. But generosity is much more than that. So I, I want you to imagine that I, I invite you and some others uh, over and I say, I'm throwing a pizza party, so come hungry. And so you show up, you're all here, and I have one pizza, right? Have I met your needs? Yeah, right? There's pizza there, but have I been generous towards you? No, I've been stingy, right? And, and so generosity is not just meeting someone's needs or giving a little, it's, it's being abundantly caring for that individual. And so, uh, said, right? Love, loyalty, generosity, all combined in one. That is who God is. Please hear that. Who he is. Not how he can act sometimes, right? God's chesed is not dependent on how you react to him, right? This is just who he is. And, and the writer of, of Lamentations realizes this. He realizes that, hey, if God was faithful enough to punish us, then he is certainly faithful enough to act this way towards us. And because my throat is starting to get tired, I'm going to say loyal love instead of chesed, so just so we're on the same page, right? And so because of God's loyal love, the writer gives us three ways we should respond. Way number one is in verses 22 through 24. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The first response we should have because of who God is, is hope. Now hope is, uh, is an interesting word because its meaning has changed over the years. When you and I use the word hope, we kind of mean wishful thinking, don't we? Like, boy, I hope the Browns make it to the Super Bowl next year. Or, boy, I hope I get a PS5. Uh, it, it's, it's a dream that we're, we're really not sure if it's going to come true or not. But, but when the Bible talks about hope, specifically when it's connected to God, it is talking about certainty, 
right? That, that we are confident that something will happen despite the circumstances that are surrounding it. And so the writer here is saying, man, this all looks bad, but because of God's loyal love, I'm confident it's going to work out. I'm confident that he's going to set things right because of who he is. Therefore, I have hope, right? First thing is hope. The second thing is in verses 40 and 41. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Now, by the, and so the second thing is examine yourself. Right? And, and by, this, by this, he doesn't mean, uh, hey, try to figure out if you're worthy of God's loyal love towards you. I'll save you the time. We're not. What, what, he's, what he's asking us to do is to, to look at how have we responded to God's loyal love to us. Because the Israelites saw, that God, saw God's loyal love for them, and they took it for granted. They said, cool, this is a get-out-of-jail-free card. I can live however I want. Right? And so what the writer is asking them to do is to answer this question, where am I putting my chesed? Right? Where is my loyal love going? Because we all have it, and we all put it somewhere. We are all love, are loyal, and generous towards something. What is it? Because it needs to be God. Right? And so examine ourselves because of who God is. And then finally, uh, verses 55 through 57 says, I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear the final response that we should have because of who God is, is that we cry out to him. Once again, the logic is really quite simple. If we start with God's character, if we start with the fact that God is loving, loyal, and generous towards us, then he is the ideal person to cry out to. That's why throughout scripture we're instructed to cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us. When we get to Lamentations 5, we'll, we'll talk more about how we can practically do that. But the point here is simply this, that, that God, because of God's character, he is the perfect person to lean on. But let's be honest with one another. We don't do any of that. Not in hardship, anyway. In hardship, we are much more like the writer in verses 17 through 20, right? My soul is, is bereft of peace. It's absent of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. My, my hope, my endurance has, has, has perished. I am weighed down by my hardship. In, in hardship, we are often blinded to the Lord's character. All we can see in the midst of it is our heartache and the disappointment and frustration. And so the, the most important question then becomes, how can we respond the way we're supposed to? How, and, and, and the answer, the key to all of that is in verses 21 and 22. But this I, I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. If we're going to respond to God's loyal love, we have to stare it straight in the eyes. We have to drag our heart over to God's loyal love and make it tape, take a, uh, a good long look at it. Then and only then will we grasp his loyal love and respond accordingly. 
And, and this is where images and symbols are really helpful for us, right? So uh, think about it this way. One of the greatest human demonstrations of chesed is marriage, right? Uh, in, in, in a marriage ceremony, the, the couple is, is pledging to be loyal, loving, and generous toward their spouse, right? And it's not conditioned on how the spouse acts, right? This is who they are going to be, regardless of what happens. But then what do they do? They exchange rings, right? Visible symbols of their character, the way that they're going to act toward one another. And the logic is, when times get tough, you can look down and say, oh, that's right, this is the person that's connected to me, right? And God has done that in, in such a great degree uh, in, in the person of Jesus. So it, it, if you were to look at 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 9 and 10, it, it tells us this, that in this, the love of God was made manifest. It, it was visibly shown to us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus is the visible demonstration of God's chesed for you. It proves that he has and he always will have loyal love toward you. And that is a great comfort in the midst of hardships. This is why the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, 38 and 39, that I am, I am sure, I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, it doesn't matter what hardship we face. Nothing can prevent God's chesed toward you if you're in Christ Jesus. And so let's once again ask ourselves, what does God's character have to do with our hardship? Well, when we, when we grasp God's loyal love for us, it gives us hope. When we grasp God's loyal love for us, it gives us someone to lean on. And when we grasp God's loyal love for us, it directs us on how to live in the midst of it. So how are you doing? My guess is that some of you here are finding yourself right smack dab in the middle of a hardship, that you are discouraged, potentially have lost hope. Can I encourage you to do what you need to do to drag your heart to God's chesed, to look it straight into eye, in the eyes, to see, to behold what love God has lavished on you in Jesus.